0: Kenzie Williams. And this is Addie Talman. And this is our podcast, We Are Not Historians. If for some reason you are still listening by this point. Yeah, I'm really proud of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even with this lovely, lovely intro. Oh, yes, that's
1: probably Frankenstein together with the audio co- qualities. Oh, well. How are you today?
0: Um. How are things going? Fine. I'm having a rough time because, uh. I'm, I'm sitting here. Um. <laughs> This is going to be great as in, a, in an audio format. Uh, I just have water, as you know. And it feels weird not to have some sort of fancy drink like I usually do, but it's a little bit too late in the day for coffee. And this morning, I went to our local coffee shop for my usual <sighs> latte. And apparently, since I started this new job, I've been getting up really early in the morning, and I can't really function without going through for something. And apparently, it's been so often... <laughs> that she looked in I go through the drive through she looked in the window of my Subaru and went medium mocha latte with uh, almond flavoring
1: hey, <laughs> you're that basic ass I'm white bitch i that basic
0: oh, 100% <laughs> she was like hot right and I'm like yes so <laughs> the thing that's weird she doesn't even know my name I go through really often, but I mean it's a drive-through, you yeah. Know? So it's not like she has anything. I I don't even. It's not like she could have even run it off of my card or anything because I pay with cash. Yeah, which sounds a little weird, but yeah, yeah it's, it's how easier. it's how I keep yeah. It's how I keep myself from overspending on it because I, oh, I go to the ATM yeah. and I get so much cash, and once that cash is gone, I don't go anymore. This but is coffee cash. It's it's my coffee money. Yeah.
1: Some people do that with gambling. It's high budget. Mackenzie does that with lattes. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think
0: about it that way. But the part of it that's worse for me, she's so goddamn pretty. I want to cry. Oh, and honey. she's giving me, yeah, giving me my latte order. And keep in mind, it's hot. Not... Yes, you are. Oh. <laughs> 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 Keep in mind, I'm going in there at like uh, early in the morning. I don't have any makeup on. I'm incredibly sleep deprived. Oh, no. I've run a brush through my hair, but that's it. So I look like shit.
1: Oh, man. Coffee baristas really see us at our worst. They
0: really do. She looks goddamn great. (laughs) Oh, honey. Hands me my little paper cup. Oh, my God. That's how my day started. So, just wanted to share Um, because this is not only a history podcast. This is where we vent our personal problems to the probably not many people listening. I mean, that's why I that's why I tune into any podcasts. It's not the content. Yeah. Sometimes I skip the stuff that the podcast is actually about, and I just listen to the host bullshit for. (laughs) Like, I started listening to a new podcast, and it's like
1: really professionally done, all edited, and like everything's like written down and scripted. But like. I don't it's like just it. these voice actors, right, reading something. like That's not why I tuned into podcasts. I know I
0: don't like anything scripted. Yeah,
1: fuck that. Yeah. You're going to get our hastily written down notes on oatmeal raisin cookies, goddammit.
0: And you'll like it.
1: Yeah. And you're going to learn all about our personal stuff that our parents probably don't even know.
0: You'll take it and you'll be grateful for it, goddammit. Yes. Um. Oh, I have, I have a note written down right here. Uh, oh, no. I do have a question for you. No, what's it's what's fine. the question? What... How are we defining historical? How far, uh, how close to the present am I allowed to get here? I don't think we've defined that.
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly, I consider history anything past two months ago.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking maybe like, like, like the nineties, eighties. Yeah, I'm good with that. Before, let's go before we were born. Alright, okay That's a good That's yeah, historical, that's, right? That's a good, yeah, that, that, that's a good definition That ye applies olden to a days. lot of people, you know? Yeah these, Like, that's completely universal The date of my birth Yeah, yeah
1: Ye olden days of 1996
0: I was not born in 1996 Well, yeah, but it was before you were born No, it was not Where the fuck were you born? Oh, never mind, I can't count <laughs> So you were older than backwards. my brother?
1: No He's coming into town tomorrow to sell ski racks with my family
0: all right um we sound like a cult don't we (laughs) i try not to talk about it (laughs) but you go to too many naturopaths i I need to be fair it's not you you eat weird you eat such weird food that's worse (laughs) oh my god it's so much worse okay Okay, let's stop talking about this because i feel like my
1: parents might want to listen at some point
0: Oh lord Yeah Okay My dad um, has
1: expressed interest
0: Oh Hey Pete
1: Yeah Pete, hey, Pete. Woo Okay um, Hey maybe he'll sponsor us Oh yeah Do an ad for a ski rack business Yeah
0: <laughs> you can pay like Eight
1: dollars Toddy button ski racks It's impossible to describe over an audio medium Alright so this is another segment of snack history No longer snistery Fuck that uh, so today I had a craving for oatmeal raisin cookies, except oh, just... I can't fucking eat oats. So, they are weird rye flakes meal cookies. To be fair, I thought it would really taste the same, because rye flakes taste like oatmeal when you make them like oatmeal.
0: It was almost the same. I mean, they were very crunchy. They were very crunchy. I they think you just need crunch. to soak them.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. It's fine. Whatever. I'll deal with it. This is just my life now. Well, anyways, apparently oatmeal... Hey, hey,
0: hey, hey. You sounded very wry about that. Fuck (laughs) you.
1: Okay, well, while Mackenzie is laughing at her own joke so hard she can't breathe, it turns out oatmeal raisin cookies have a long and varied history. And I'm only going to talk about some of it, because fuck that, I'm no historian. So, apparently, there used to be these things called oat cakes which were apparently extremely bad and nasty. It was a type of flatbread that just had a shit ton of oats shoved in there for as much calories as possible, because this is when people were starving to death. Um, In the Middle Ages, they added uh, spices and dried fruits to make them not quite as nasty. Don't know if they succeeded, though. Still sounds pretty bad. The first recipe for Oatmeal Raisin Cookies showed up in a ninth, no, an 1896, even older, uh, cookbook, and they were initially treated as a health food. This is actually kind of still the same, even though nutritionally they have pretty much the exact same nutritional info as the chocolate chip cookie. I
0: was gonna say, God, I wish they were healthy. I know,
1: right? There, people fool themselves all the time. Like carrot cake, fuck no, it's not unhealthier just because it has carrots.
0: No, but it's. It's so good It's
1: very fucking good Anyways um, So that's about all Except I did feel That I need to m- mention this I went to Wikipedia Because I'm a basic <laughs> ass bitch um, And that's where I get All my snack history info Basically And so scrolling down And I see all the options Like some histories And you know like Stuff like that And then I see A, a little scroll down thing That says Controversy <laughs> On an oatmeal raisin cookie Wikipedia page so obviously I, I clicked it And apparently it was like Five paragraphs, this thing was longer than Any of the other articles About the controversy of putting raisins In oatmeal cookies
0: Cookie discourse There was, it was
1: ridiculous Like they're like and some, In some places people Have referred to oatmeal raisin cookies As like a, a Cinnamon for, a synonym for something Horrible that looked pleasing And it's like, fuck off who needed this? They're well, so good. I, yeah, I know they're really good because we're both grandmas, and that's that's the facts. Yeah. Anyways, that does that's it for welcome. this episode of Snack History because that's about all there is in oatmeal raisin cookies. It's not <laughs> a broad topic. So enough about this amateur historian, Mackenzie. What is our topic today? You actually didn't tell me beforehand, so I have no fucking clue. Yeah, Um. Anyways, Today's is episode
0: is going to be on a very special figure. Um, you'll find out who she is in a second. Ooh! But just kind of more uh, broadly, uh, Victorian morning practices.
1: Oh no! It's your my fucking favorite. thesis.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my abandoned thesis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody's an English major. Yep.
0: No. Uh. The reason I, I'm i so fond of the subject still is because so when I was working on those many, many pages um, on this topic, I got to be fairly well acquainted with yeah. the whole thing. And so after that, in any history class I had for my minor, if I had a professor that was ever just like, go at it, do whatever you like. Write I get really history. frustrated. Write
1: something yeah. history, please. I'm tenured. Do what you want. Don't give a fuck. I'll learn. Okay. Anyways, <clears> what the fuck <throat> are we talking about? What topic? Oh, great. Victorian, yeah. Cool. Um, This is going to be the dead yeah. kids episode.
0: No, no, that, that that's going to be another one. I'm going to do a oh, really big... Oh, splitting it up. Yeah. No, I'm going uh, to... We'll probably do an episode that really digs into that topic just in, like, a broader... Um, Great, can't wait. Sounds uplifting. Maybe I'll just read off of my thesis notes. Oh, Um, man. No, this is just a little bit of background until we get to the subject of our episode. Alright, so one of the reasons I'm so into the 19th century is because Civil War over here... um, Oh, right. You and your civil wars. uh, Not specifically. Mm. It it kind of disrupted just about everything that was going on uh, socially, culturally... Any way you want to take it. Yeah. Um, And one of those things, among many, was the way that people mourned. Yeah, because that's the thing about civil wars. People die a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So the Victorian era um, is right through most, good two-thirds of the 19th century. So it's 1837 until 1901. Can you guess why they called it the Victorian era? Queen. Queen Victoria? Yeah! Yeah, you did. Oh, that was loud. All right. It's fine. Right into the microphone
1: for yeah.
0: you. Yeah. One um, of these
1: days we'll be able to afford a pop filter. <laughs> I
0: don't day. even think
1: those that's what those are for.
0: Someday soon. <laughs>
1: we are not professionals.
0: Speak for yourself. So, uh, the Victorian era crosses over a lot with the Romantic era, um, to completely... Well, completely different things but uh so as we move into the romantic people get more and more sentimental um oh how nice yeah uh and socially hit a little bit harder by death uh if you look back yeah um a century or two like your children were kind of disposable yeah um like excessive grieving was really frowned upon Get you know over here
1: Johnny number Four <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't care about your tuberculosis
0: so like, umbrella. Gotta go chop that wood Why the fuck did I even have you <laughs> Like the fucking Umbrella Academy You're yeah. just like One two three four Wait, wait, wait we're, we're where's number
1: five oh, God damn, damn it it's
0: cholera Alright <clears throat> So if we move back even just a couple centuries Uh death is really is something that people are so acquainted with that uh they were desensitized a little bit and it's also comes into play is that uh, if if mortality was kind of a result of god's will and mm. so if you go back to like the colonial era um if you're grieving like overly um much mm. then it's it's kind of like you're like rejecting that what That's he really wants for fucked. you Does that make sense like,
1: Can you imagine Like loving your husband And then he dies And stuff And be mm-hmm. like Oh you can't be emotional about well, it Well that wasn't A good hell. idea either
0: Um no Puritans Uh you weren't Supposed to love Your spouse too much Fuck You should get along Puritan. Fuck Puritans You weren't allowed You weren't allowed To okay, do that yeah, Nobody I was allowed, allowed To fuck Puritans
1: I I um, Read of Some of
0: The Scarlet
1: Letter <laughs> Oh You never did, really not read not that, that In high school book. I did not get through it I didn't open
0: it Oh. I went on spark
1: notes. Oh man, those reading quizzes that mm-hmm. we did. Mrs. Davis, I knew that she knew that I was pulling shit out of my ass.
0: Poor Debbie. Poor Debbie. No, I uh, I read cliff notes and then I read the spark notes so that I had like a, a rounded understanding. See, you
1: actually like attempted. I just like started reading, be like, fuck this, and then I didn't do anything else. Well, I, I
0: didn't open the book. Yeah, Ever. That's true. Um, we're actually going to talk about Nathaniel Hawthorne just oh, briefly. Interesting. Briefly. him. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> no, if you loved your spouse too much, you should get along, but if you loved him too much, then you weren't spending enough of your energy loving God. Uh, so that wasn't a good idea either. Okay. Anyways, off of that train track, uh, so at this point, people are a little bit more sensitive to it. A lot bit more sensitive to it. And it was celebrated, actually. Um... So their idea at this point of being a good person is that you're in tune um, emotionally, if that makes sense. Uh, I have written down here, what is felt is true. So kind of like a head versus heart thing, you know. very nice. Follow your heart, not your head. Um, Yeah, you'd like the 19th century.
1: No. Uh, (laughs) As a gay woman, I would not. (laughs)
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, But so... uh, so the protestant idea at this point of good personhood is very much tied in with having a good death right mm-hmm. and so people write extensively all the time <laughs> a lot of people wrote on kind of what you want to go for right so her tuberculosis was big oh my god no i'm not joking people thought <laughs> no, that
1: it was I a very so- elegant way to die
0: I haven't heard that actually. It's something. That's, it that's interesting. Um, oh, all right, yeah. Hey,
1: if it's medical history, I'm your gal because yeah, I can just rip point. off Sidney McElroy.
0: <laughs> no, I was just um, I was speaking more oh, along like, the lines of like what you should be doing uh, while you're dying, not
1: how. Oh, if that makes sense. Interesting. But uh, I feel like you're kind of preoccupied, but you know.
0: Wait, oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. So the the first thing that everybody is really into is you should accept it. Oh, just um, jumped that, alright. Yeah. Sounds kind of healthy. You, should, you know, like, you, you, you embrace God, yeah. you give up your soul willingly, you know. Uh, more relevant is that you want to be at home, surrounded by your family. Okay, um, not, not
1: much changed.
0: That's partly... Well, no, you know... we'll, okay. we'll get there. Yeah, 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 okay. Um so partly just because you know you want your family there but also partly because your last words were very very important oh, right. because you're kind of on the threshold between being alive and being dead so you kind of your eyes are a little bit more open than everybody else's if That makes sense. wallpaper goes right i do oh god i love it <laughs> at this point this is before we have like funeral ho- homes and morticians. So your family took care of everything. Yeah. Right? When you died that that Which is honestly
1: a way more healthy way to do it.
0: <laughs> honestly. Well this is this is right before actually and uh when things got really heavily commercialized, which mm. is what my thesis was on. Oh,
1: that's
0: very nice. Yep. Funeral homes, morticians, whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. No. It kinda creeped me out. Yeah. Um
1: sorry if any morticians are listening, Yeah, but, right. like
0: Hmm. I dated a mortician.
1: Oh. Yeah. Did you get that disease that happens when you... No. God, no.
0: (laughs) you get corpse fucking disease. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. But, so that's why they call them funeral parlors, is because you used to have a room in your house called your parlor, which when somebody died, everybody would go see the body there. They would take care, like, they would take care of your body, they'd get you ready for your funeral, they would do your viewing there, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So the Civil War upsets a lot of these things that uh, are really important to people, such as you're not surrounded by your family anymore. Oh, it's that Civil War. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, the American Civil War. Oh, we're... I thought we were
1: talking about the other Civil War. Oh, right. no,
0: not the British Civil War. No, nope. no, we're in the 19th century, not the 16th. <laughs> Engineering student. <laughs> Very fair. So nurses kind of take the places of families a little bit. You know, mm. people are they're looking for ways to kind of adapt and to deal with that, right? And they start to get a little bit more used to dying away from their home, right? Because um, you're you're on a battlefield, right? Um, and actually, uh, so when this happened, people who like witnessed a death, even total strangers, would try and like write to the family, oh. um, so of like, uh, well, nice. this soldier, hmm and let them know what they said, how they were acting, what was going on, um, if they didn't have a chance to like write it down themselves. And it's also why, kind of where this commercialization comes, what it comes out of. Why?
1: What is, what is that? You knock the flashlight off, you asshole. He
0: just has a ball in his
1: mouth.
0: So, uh, embalming actually starts right around now.
1: Um, Right, because you gotta ship them back home without them
0: rotting. 100%. So, I think that has us pretty well centered in the era, and... Which brings us to the uh, subject of this episode, Mary Moody Emerson.
1: Mary Moody? Yeah, I don't know who the fuck that is.
0: I did not expect you to. Eh. So she was Ralph Waldo Emerson's aunt.
1: I have heard that name, but I don't know
0: where. You don't know Emerson? I mean, I probably do if you tell me who the fuck he is. He's, he's an author, like okay. throw
1: that. That's wait, what?
0: Throw, throw, David Throw.
1: Throw, okay.
0: Yeah,
1: Okay, he's just some writer dude.
0: Yeah, some writer dude. Oh my god. She was born in 1774, uh, died in
1: 1863.
0: Hey, pretty good. Yeah, right? The uh, Victorian starts in the 1830s, Mm -hmm. so we're gonna be right in there. Uh, So she was an author herself, and so all of her family were really staunch Calvinists. Uh, Her father Mm -hmm. was a minister, um, Reverend William Emerson, and he died uh, when she was just a toddler, oh. and so she went to live with her grandmother, who would die a couple decades later, and her aunt, who was, uh, I couldn't find a lot on what actually was going on with her, hmm. but everything you find just says that she was plagued with insanity, so whatever oh. was going on, she had, she had it rough.
1: I mean, she could have just been a woman in the Victorian ages, so... <laughs>
0: Fair, but according to her family, some things were going on. Which, with how eccentric Mary yeah. is... Yeah, okay, yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, We'll be saying something. So, uh, she grew up very poor. They A lot of the time, the only thing they had was, like, uh, they were on a bread and water diet. Oh! Yep, her family would have this little kid stand outside and keep watch for the sheriff who was coming around to uh, collect the debts oh. that they owed people. Cool. mm mm-hmm. Um, in her own words, she described her childhood as calamitous poverty. Uh, at one point, Mary wrote, Oh, I could give the facts of the long-drawn years of imprisoned minds and hearts with uneducated orphans endured. Oh. Um, hmm She actually, uh, so Some she... shit. Very. Very Dickensian. <laughs> honestly. Um <laughs> She, uh, they never had enough money to educate her, so she educated herself, mm. um, mostly. Hell yeah, girl. Yep, she went to lectures when she could, mm. um, talked to people she knew were educated, uh, read a lot. Talk about random shit, which so, I learned. She, and she wasn't reading light shit either, as she picked up Plato, Shakespeare, Wordsworth, Locke, know. Byron, Rizzo, you name it. I only know Byron is that dramatic bitch. That, you, you know, that's a good way to frame it. And, uh, so when she grew up, uh, her, bro- one of her brothers had five children and died re- really suddenly. Um, oh. oh, sorry, not five children, ten children. Huh. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, and not her brother, her sister. There we yeah, go. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say. All right. I got Man. everything in that sentence wrong. Yeah. Um. But like we've said, the facts don't matter. I think by when this, her,
1: this point, everyone knows about your "whose line is it anyways" fetish.
0: That's not a very nice way to put it. <laughs> We're gonna have people calling in in a couple of weeks, just telling you to be nice to me.
1: Yeah. Not, not when it. I
0: edit the podcast. Oh, that's fair. All right. Yeah. However much you guys hear. It's so much worse when the microphone goes off. Hey, fuck you. I made you cookies. Oh, you did make me cookies with bits of gravel in them. It's fine. (laughs) This is my life. So uh, her brother-in-law ends up dying. So it was her brother. Never mind. She had a sister with 10 kids. Completely unrelated. Um (sighs) So her older brother, also a reverend, uh, ends up dying. And so you can see at this point there's a lot of lot going on in her life, right? Yeah, a, lot a lot of really death macabre specifically, stuff.
1: Specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah which, I mean, given the topic of the episode
0: It's very yeah. on theme. Um, which you'll see is very intentional in just a second. So when he died, uh, she went to help her sister in law raise her kids. Six of them, not mm-hmm. ten.
1: Still, a lot of things to come out of a woman's vagina.
0: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't just keep going. I did. The... Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, Pete. Please let me keep coming over. Um, all right. So, one thing I really enjoyed is a lot of people who would write about her because she took a really, she played a really huge role. In Emerson's life uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson's life Really he learned She's where he uh, learned how to write oh. And a lot of his style is very heavily mm. bo- Borrowed from her Behind every um, great
1: man is it an even Greater woman Absolutely
0: No he never really stopped talking about how Important she was to him and mm. um, Especially in his education And um, a lot better than most men at the time oh, Absolutely he, he adored her and vice versa by all accounts but um, and would never stop talking about how brilliant he thought she was. So a lot of people would describe the role that she took in her uh, nephews' lives, all six of them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, right. And uh, as kind of a father figure because their mother mm. stayed at home and managed the house, but she's where their income came from. Oh, yeah. She uh, handled their education. She dealt with their finances. Um, and really took on her brother-in-law's role. You know what? Fuck yeah. I love this woman. Oh, she's awesome. She wrote thousands of pages. Holy shit. Uh-huh. It was mostly just journaling. It was only yeah, meant still. for herself. But thousands of pages Ooh. Um, on more topics than you would believe. And so, uh, her uncle actually, just to keep going with really how, um, just goth her family was, <laughs> uh... One of her uncles was um, a minister who Nathaniel Hawthorne based one of his really creepy priest characters off of. Oh. Ah, yeah. Ah.
1: It wasn't our priest that no. we read about. Okay. No, not in Scarlet of the Litter. Yeah. So um, he wasn't that creepy. Like, no. yeah, but kind of a fuckboy, but no, not it wasn't that a
0: great creepy. man. But no.
1: no.
0: Not all really creepy.
1: Not like Fro- Frollo. Not Frollo. Oh my god. Is that really his fucking name? Frollo? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a, such a shitty name. I, I was, I was it thinking, the like, yeah, it sounds like Rollo's, Rolo, like somebody's just mispronouncing. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of her writing, like I said, thousands of pages, most of them in something she called um, her almanac. It was really just a diary. Hmm. She wrote everything um, from political commentary, philosophy. She wrote on religious issues. Her nephew would call it frolicsome. Most people oh. called it uh, unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. Uh, difficult and obtuse are thrown around pretty often. Um, The people who are more inclined to be nice about it use Baroque um, and exuberant. (laughs) Um, Subtle. Right. But uh, no, she she can be really, really profound. Uh, She talked about her journaling a lot. She described it as a conversation with her chamber um, and a portion of history of a soul. Um, Her nephew... Mentioned that he thought she was the best writer in Massachusetts oh. at the time, um, including himself. <laughs> Huge fan, like I said. Oh, um, inimitable, unattainable by talent as if caught from some dream on Ooh. some of her writing. Yeah, I had, had a lot of really good things to say about it. Yep. So, the way this all ties back into our subject, um, here, I'm just going to read straight off of a page. I found this source when I was writing called The Puritan Way of Death, uh, David Stannard, to credit there, a study in religion, culture, and social change. And it opens with um, a paragraph on her where uh, you see how Emerson talked about her. And for years, she had her bed made in the form of a coffin. (laughs) She delighted herself with the discovery of the figure of a coffin made every evening on their sidewalk. By the shadow of a church tower, which adjoined the house. <laughs> what a goth bitch! I love her. One hundred percent. Remember how I said they were all really religious? So that's that's why they have a church tower, no. um, literally connected to the home.
1: I thought it was like for the aesthetic of it, like you and the oh, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. No. Um, to continue with Emerson's words, yes. she made up her shroud, her ah. death shroud. <laughs> And Death, still refusing to come, and she, thinking it a pity to let it lie idle, wore it as a nightgown, or a daygown, nay, went out to ride in it on horseback in her mountain roads until it was worn out. <laughs> then she had another made up, and she never traveled without being provided for this dear and indispensable contingency. She's talking about Death, of course. I believe she wore out a great many. Oh my
1: god, I want to be this woman. Right?
0: Um, which is where I, I, to- I've told you for a while that I really wanted to do this episode because, uh, and the name is non-negotiable, um, oh, no. the most relatable woman in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She was completely obsessed with it. In Mary's words, The humblest example of meekness will shine in light when the meteors are gone. Good night. Oh, for that long and moonless night to shadow my dust. Though I have nothing to leave but my carcass to fatten the earth, it is for my own sake that I long to go. Damn. Right? Like,
1: compared to the shit that I read for The Scarlet Letter, that is fucking
0: profound. Oh, she is so... I mean, most of what I read of hers is completely incomprehensible. But what I could get, it's just it hits you so hard. Why couldn't we have
1: uh, read this in AP Lang instead of, like, yeah, Heart of Darkness?
0: Like, oh, fuck god. that one! Don't get me started mm. on this. Mm. Oh my god. Um, probably alienating all the literature majors.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I guess you're not a literature major, but... No. Still, whatever. Um, if you like Heart of Darkness, fuck you.
0: So, going back to that source I mentioned, uh, he does write that she was an extreme product to be sure, but um, <laughs> other romanticization romanticization, and sentimentalization of death that emerged full-blown in America with the dawning of the 19th century. So remember what I was talking about um, where people got a little bit more sensitized than they had been yeah. in previous years to it. She right, over and over and over talks about uh, how she wants to die on a moonlit night. Uh, she calls it the cool sweet grave. Um, Most relatable woman
1: in the yeah, world!
0: Absolutely, and a lot of her writing is on uh, the death of all those people that I mentioned. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that she had to leave behind.
1: Well, that was part one of probably a lot of shit on Victorian morning practices. Like, so many episodes. I know it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a couple other people from this time period to go through. Um eventually. <laughs> and let's not forget the Dead Kids episode. Let's not forget Let's not forget the Dead Kids. Uh probably nobody besides you and I have any idea why I keep bringing that up so much and it's because uh something I was really fascinated with while I was researching was uh postmortem postmortem photography which when uh cameras started to re- first started uh, to be a yeah. thing. Mhm. It was so expensive that when your loved ones died, you might not have any pictures of them oh, to yeah, remember yeah, them yeah. by. So you want to get one before they're gone, right? But um, there was a lot of different opinions on how to get those. A lot of people would just you know, have you laid out like you were sleeping, kind of peaceful. Other people said, no, I don't want to remember this person as being a corpse. I want to have a picture of them when they're alive and it's too late for that. So they they would weekended pro- birdies this <laughs> shit? It's <laughs> a good way to put it. They would prop them up. They would open oh. their eyes. Oh, no. They would dress them up oh, and they no, would no, no, put no. them on a stand. Oh, I hate that. Uh-huh, and... It's like whacked... Taxidermy. We- yeah,
1: oh my god, a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh Jesus! Remember I can't the, yeah. wait
0: for that episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, remember how I said uh, it's a little bit like. Um, yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of uh, discourse you can find on people like <laughs> on arguing dead it, children, uh, well, not just children, but just on postmortem photography, it, whether or not you should lay them out or prop them up. Um, okay. Oh yeah, and there. A lot of people are of the opinion like you can't even tell. Their eyes are open. Clearly they're alive. No. No. No, you can tell. Oh, you
1: can tell, and you would know every (laughs) single time you look at it. Oh, there's the uh, picture where we propped up little Ellie with her (laughs) doll. Isn't she so cute with her eyes barely rotting out of her skull?
0: Um, well, oh, right. Um, so remember how earlier I was talking about the fact that this is right when embalming started to become a practice? Right. So that's a little bit of an influencing (laughs) factor. Better, but also,
1: yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: Um, yeah, they're not, you know uh obviously rotting, but they're still they're not, they're you, you not can tell. alive. I I actually for a project got a subscription to something called the Thanatos Archive, which is just oh a whole museum dedicated oh. to photographs of dead people from oh. the nineteenth century. Oh, huh. oh no. Yep. Um now the reason I keep mentioning children is because and I can't remember the year off the top of my head, but at a certain point in the nineteenth century there were more photographs of dead children, not just dead people, dead children, then there were everything else combined. Living people, oh. dead adults, oh. Sceneries everything combined. Oh. Because you were losing your children so often and yeah, again, they just drop like flies. Really? <laughs> I feel like we have you know,
1: I feel like we I have so haven't hammered that home about uh, enough about this century children died. Like I know I've mentioned children died.
0: You're so sensitive to it, I love it. Yeah. You, you really sugarcoat it for us. That's that um, an illusion. <laughs> excuse me? Alright, well I didn't before, say that right. Before we get too philosophical on y'all, we should probably we should probably cut out. There's probably more to cover in this one, but in my notes I have don't forget to written and then I forgot to con- to finish my <laughs> notes. <laughs> if so that I, doesn't describe you, I don't know uh-huh, what does. absolutely my ADD ass has no idea what that was supposed to say <laughs> so we can, we can open the next episode but yeah uh, don't wear out a great deal of death shrouds and don't sleep in a coffin history's
1: fucked I kind of want to sleep in a coffin though I know you do <laughs>
0: If you go back even just a couple centuries, excessive grieving is kind of frowned upon because... How dare you be emotional about it.
1: Mm. Oh
0: my god. Get used to that voice. It's just... this like eight times. Every <laughs> time <laughs> <laughs> I try to start this goddamn sentence, <laughs> you cut it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. This is about to turn into true crime. <laughs> <laughs> and, not
1: as... and not history. <laughs> Listen, I'm a fan of bits.